Today is August 8, 2018. On this day back in 1992, the U.S. men's Olympic basketball team wrapped up their perfect Olympic campaign with a 117-85 victory over Croatia, earning them the gold medal. This was one of the greatest sports teams in history. They were simply referred to as the Dream Team. In this episode, we're going to hear more stories from listeners of the show, and we get a sneak peek at the favorite moment from a man that would certainly make the sportscaster's dream team, and he simply goes by the simple name of Boomer. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you to come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off our DeLorean, the date is August 3rd, 2018. And this is the day before enshrinement, which actually already happened, if we're looking at the future. But we took our DeLorean back in time, to a time where we stopped Chris Berman. Yes, Boomer, the Swami. And we get his favorite football moment of all time. And at the end, he even gives us a whoop for the podcast. And here's his story. If you could go back in my DeLorean to any point in NFL history, what game and what what moment are we going to do? Ooh. One moment or one game? One moment. Can't change the outcome, though. So I want to be there... Physically, presently, there to watch. Well, for me, I mean, I'm going to go to my why I do this for a living. Uh, I was at eight of their games that year, meaning seven home games in the championship game, but I was in eighth grade, so I wasn't at Super Bowl three. It's a little before your time, but some people might remember it. And Joe Namath was my guy. The AFL was my league. I wore white shoes. I couldn't throw the ball as well as him. We grew hair. Uh, and that win, which you know is legendary, but that was one of the games that made pro football probably the most important game ever played. I mean, I know they started football in Canton and they invented it in a car dealership. I know the Johnny Unitas and, and the Colts won in overtime at the Yankee Stadium. I'm going way back. There are games in more recent times that these Super Bowls, everyone is great. But Super Bowl three, without that, football doesn't explode. I wish I was there. I watched every minute of it. Joe's my hero. Uh, so that's an easy answer. All right. Think you can give me one of your whoops? Whoop! All right. There you go. go. All right. Thank you. Nice thank to you see very you. much. Super Bowl three. Thanks, Chris. I ran off like he did. I've done that. <laughs> like he said, I'm too young to remember this personally. I wasn't there, but we can take him out DeLorean back in time. We can go check it out, you know? And that's a big reason why I started this show. I wanted to go back in time and learn about the different events that shaped the league to what it is today and then share it with you. So let's go on to our next moment, which kind of hits a little bit of a, you know, hits home with me. I'm a Lions fan and it's basically just a Lions love fest. And this comes from Michael Archambault. And here's his story. My favorite moments were when Barry Sanders went over 2,000 yards, that Dallas Cowboy comeback when we beat the Cowboys, when Stafford did the fake, fake spike, as I believe that was when Calvin went 329, and of course the uh, the Cowboy uh, playoff when we had when Barry went crazy with that one famous run. Thanks. 
So I don't know if you know about all of those plays that he talked about. But yeah, Barry Sanders, 2,000 yards. Dallas Cowboys comeback with Stafford, you know, faking that spike and Calvin having that blow-up master game. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right up there, man. And But then also he talked about that Barry Sanders, you know, crazy famous run. And he basically, you know, took the entire Cowboys defense, turned them around, spit them out and said, hey, I'm in the end zone. What are you guys doing here? If you have not seen that play, I highly suggest you head over to my website and I'm going to go ahead and provide that link for you, which, by the way, I wanted to remind you to head to the footballhistorydude.com for the show notes and to make sure you mash that little subscribe button on your podcast player of choice so you get the freshest, hottest out the press episodes each and every week. I'd also appreciate an honest review of the show. But let's get back to the listeners. The next one comes in by Micah, and when he sent in his favorite story, his favorite football moment, he prefaced it by saying, you know, sorry, this is a Brett Favre love fest, and I know you're a Detroit Lions fan. You might be hard to stomach it and all, and I'm like, yeah, well, uh, it is hard as far as that goes, but tell you what, Brett Favre was one of my favorite players too, even though he was a Packer. And here's his story. My favorite football moment has to be um, the time Brett Favre was in Green Bay. Um, essentially, that entire 15-year run before leaving for the Jets and then the despicable move to the Vikings. Um, the, the 15 years in Green Bay coincided with me um, really not knowing anything about football as a, as a boy. And then when he left, by the time he left, I was in my 20s. So I kind of grew up um, not knowing anything about football except um, Brett Favre under center for the Green Bay Packers. Um, and really just, just the way he, he loved football, the way he played the game with joy and passion and really, really left everything on the field every time he played and showed up every Sunday and played regardless of injury, um, regardless of any situation. He was always, always there, always, always being Brett Favre. Um, it was just special. And I guess the, the moment, the moment that really, um, epitomizes what he was, was the, the first touchdown pass he threw in Super Bowl, um, must have been Super Bowl 31, I believe, uh, January 26, 1997, against the Patriots when he, when he audibled and threw a bomb to Andre Risen for a touchdown and coming off the field, he was, leaping and jumping and ripped his helmet off and was just flying around um basically the same way i was when i was watching the game and i was uh at the time a 14 year old and he he was doing essentially the the same reaction that a kid would have and that's kind of what made it so so fun and so easy to enjoy him and really made it easy to be a packer fan and fall in love with the game of football um, just the way he would, he would always just run around, um, throwing snowballs if there was snow on the field, um, having fun with teammates, uh, making fun of refs. Uh, we've all seen those, those, uh, sound clips of him joking around on the field. Um, he was just, he was just one of a kind and I don't know if we'll ever see another Brett Favre. So I just, I just uh, think that my favorite football moment has to be the career that Brett Favre had in Green Bay. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. Talking about the epitome of Brett Favre. 
I think anybody that is an NFL fan can just picture the excitement and joy that comes out of Brett Favre when he used to play on the field and, you know, ripping his helmet off and crazy running around on the field in that Super Bowl is just vintage Favre. And even though I had to deal with him as a Detroit Lions fan, like I said, I still like that guy. And he mentioned that he doesn't know if he'll ever see another Brett Favre, but me being kind of biased, I'm all like, hey, man, Matthew Stafford has like a strikingly familiar style of play. He has that cannon and he has that kind of bravado and he's got that like, now with the toughness. I mean, he's gone through so much and he was considered injury prone at the beginning of his career, but he's played basically every game since. And of course, when he's on the field, he's just got that like kid-like spirit. But let's move on to our next listener of the show. And it comes from Jack Blackman. So he's going to talk about his experience at the NFFC, which is the National Fantasy Football Convention. And here's his story. My name's Jack. I've attended the National Fantasy Football Convention the past two years. I've actually tried it all four years that it was supposed to be going on, but the NFL killed it the first two years. And... It finally got off the ground last year and I was able to go and that was a great experience. I think this year surpassed that one. Uh, I did the MVP pass, which is like the mid level this year. Uh, you get a couple extra perks like going to the, uh, the MVP party on the Friday before the convention. Uh, I ended up going to that, uh, got real lucky because I'm a Cowboys fan, ended up outside. Uh, smoking a cigar and Michael Irvin pulls up and steps out. Also George Teague steps out, also a cowboy. I uh, just got to see them get a picture real quick. I mean, I ended up with like a really awkward picture with Michael Irvin cause I was staring at him cause I was just in awe, just really fangirling out right there. But turned out to be a funny picture, but it was a cool experience. Uh, other than that, the MVP party is basically just you stand around and drink and hope to meet a couple of players. Uh, no, there was Jeff Heath, uh, like Todd Gurley showed up. There was a couple other players as well. Uh, but then after that went to like the next day, went to the first day of the convention. Uh, there's a lot of fun. I mean, there's tons of booths and everything to just interact, but there's, a whole lot more players this year than there was last year. Um, pretty much from all teams, but I'm from here local. So I, I'm a Cowboys fan. So this, this event has a lot of Cowboys just cause the, the creator of the event is out of Dallas and uh, Zeke is a part owner. Tony Romo is a part owner. So it's kind of based in Dallas. So it's pretty Cowboys heavy, but this year they had a lot of other players as well. Uh, but it's really good for me being a Cowboys fan. So first day, just kind of walked around, had fun, met quite a few players. Um, but I really wanted my, my daughter to meet, uh, Jalen Smith and he was coming on that Saturday. So it worked out really well for us. We went and picked her up from grandma's house, came, came back to the convention on that, uh, Sunday and, we ended up waiting in line. We walked up uh, to meet Jalen Smith, and my daughter ends up giving him her autograph. She doesn't ask for an autograph. He was extremely nice. It 
turned into an awesome memory. There's actually a video of it on my Twitter, which is blackjack underscore red. And it got picked up by the local newspaper and they ran an article on it. So that was just one of the experiences that's just, I've never had anything like that. And this event provided it. Also, my daughter, like I wasn't sure about bringing a four-year-old because that's how old she is to the event just because I didn't know if there's going to be a whole lot of stuff for her to do, but she really liked just walking around the booth collecting, you know, little things like footballs, stuff like that. Uh, she really likes to dance. So there's the Cowboys DJ has been there the past two years and he's playing music and she got to meet him and just hang out, dance and do that kind of stuff. Well, most of the people, I mean, pretty much all of the people that we met were really nice uh, especially, you know, the people putting it on, stuff like that. Even like the uh, one of the the guys that was part of, I think it was the body armor, the sports drink. Uh, he was just out there dancing and having fun. And my daughter ended up dancing around, having a little dance battle with him. And it just, all around, it's just an extremely fun event. I know a lot of people have different things they want out of the event. I just wanted to get pictures with players that I knew, kind of interact with them. Uh, I didn't really go after autographs. I know some other people did, and they got the autographs. It's not really an autograph show, but the opportunities are there. You're just not guaranteed any of them. But I'm not even that big of a fantasy football fan. Like I kind of play it, but this event... It's still great just being an NFL fan. Uh, I know they do quite a few of the, you know, the sessions where like Matthew Berry and everybody. So I've seen a lot of people enjoy that, that part of it. A lot of people just enjoy meeting the players. Some people like getting autographs, but that was pretty much my experience. Uh, both years have been really fun this year. Seem to have a little bit better structure. There's, you know, there's always things that can be improved and stuff like that. And I think they're really working on it, uh, to make it better each year and kind of work out some of the kinks. But if you go in with a good attitude and not really feel like you're entitled to a whole bunch, just cause I mean, you pay a bunch. Sometimes, you know, people feel like, Oh, I should be guaranteed this autograph, but that's just, that's, not really the show. It's not an autograph show where you're guaranteed like to get this person's autograph. But if you go into it with a good attitude and just like everything's just kind of like a bonus, especially if you really like just even like lower tier players, they'll be standing around and you can just have a real conversation with them, talk to them because they don't draw the crowds. Your bigger name people like you get the autograph people chasing them around and stuff like that. But other than that, like I had a great experience and like that experience with my daughter and Jalen Smith, like it's, it's amazing. Like it never would have happened anywhere else. I don't think just cause she was able to go up there and it's just such a great memory. So I would suggest anybody to go out there. Just, I wouldn't treat it like an autograph show where you hope to get a ton of autographs. Maybe just look for one person that you really want to meet and you might be able to meet them. They don't really do a schedule, but it works out. You can normally kind of figure out where people are going to be. So yeah, 
overall, I just think it's a great event. I've had a lot of fun the past couple of years, and that's pretty much it for me. I have quite a few pictures and videos and stuff, and on my Twitter, which is blackjack underscore red. And, you know, also you can go to at go NFFC and they post a lot of stuff there as well. But all right. I hope this, uh, this helps and y'all have a good day. I kind of thought it was funny how he, you know, talked about fangirling out and everything. I me, mean, I was basically fangirling out at the convention too. And it wasn't just from seeing the favorite players. I mean, I saw my idols and, you know, people I look up to in the podcast industry for the, the fantasy footballers and Matthew Barry and that kind of thing. And I also thought it was so cool how he said that, you know, his daughter gave Jalen Smith her autograph and, you know, the video being picked up from the local newspaper. And it's just a perfect experience to share with his daughter. It's just super cool, which is kind of like going into the next thing. The next story comes from Chris Reiners. And he tells a story about basically being a kid on Christmas Eve and driving four and a half hours just to get to this thing. And here's his story. Hello, my name's Chris Rinders, and I'm talking today about my experience at the 2018 National Fantasy Football Convention at the Will Rogers Center in Fort Worth, Texas. First, I have to give a big shout out to my dad, Jack, my mom, Joyce, my wife, Elisa, my friend Brian and my friend Alex at auctionandchampions.com for the opportunity to even make this possible. Uh, it was a really great experience at the convention. This was my first time going. It was about a four and a half hour drive from where I live to get to the convention. It was one of those events where I felt like a kid before Christmas. I could barely sleep the night before and ended up waking up about two hours before my alarm was supposed to go off that morning for the convention, just thinking and hoping of all the players that I might meet and the fun that I might have that day at the convention. Ended up getting 35 total autographs and meeting tons of players at the convention there was so much to do. There were so many booths. The building just looked enormous. I couldn't even figure out what to do first when I got in the door. And some of the fun is just going to these conventions and being able to talk to other people that are like-minded uh, about what you're passionate for. And so it's easy to build a uh, a fun bond between you and other people. Even if I am a 49ers fan and it being in Texas, obviously there was a lot of Cowboys fans, but just to have fun, we were able to get along. All right. Um, and so when, when I first got there, wasn't sure where to go, what to look at first. You just got all these things running through your mind and, uh, my heart was pumping all the adrenaline and just thinking about it and looking back on the pictures now still makes my heart pump and my adrenaline race from hoping that I get to go back next year 
Um, most of the players were walking around and were very accessible. Some of them you had to stand in line at some of the different booths. Some of them were at specific photograph booths. Some of them were at booths doing podcasts and radio interviews and different things such as that. Some of them were able to just walk right up to them and talk to them uninterrupted, get a picture with them, get an autograph. There was no lines with some of the players and just a really cool experience because of that kind of freedom at the convention. You weren't really supposed to be here or there at a certain time or place. And so I think that was part of the really cool experience. Um, the first day I was able to meet Terrence West. I was able to meet Orleans Darkwall. Um, had a really lucky experience with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He was supposed to be doing an interview at a booth. And there was a crowd of probably just 20 or 30 people at the booth. And... He didn't come, he didn't come, and so a lot of the crowd ended up walking away. And I told my dad, I said, this is what I came for. I'm not leaving until he shows up. I wanted to get some of my cards autographed really bad by him. And so after about, I'd say, 45 minutes to an hour of standing me and one other gentleman with a Texas Tech mini helmet were the only ones that stuck around. Well, thank goodness, one of the guys helping run the booth told us that if we could give him our items, that he would go find him and he would get them signed and we could come back and pick them up later. Well, little did we know right about that time when we turned around, here come Patrick Mahomes walking to the booth and it looked like the gallery at a golf tournament following behind him. It must have been easily a couple hundred people right behind him, following him through the convention. It was so crazy to see that many people follow, following along behind even just one given player. And so... Thank goodness when he came over to the booth, I was able to get a couple of my cards signed by him and was able to listen to his Q&A. So that was a really lucky, lucky experience. And then most of the players were just coming in through the front door, just like where I came through. For example, I got to meet Darren McFadden and he probably didn't make it five steps in the door and people were around him. We were able to walk up to him and he was really cool. Signed a couple of my cards and took a picture with me. And I was really happy to get to meet him, especially being uh, from Arkansas. So that meant a lot. And then I got to meet 
Cortland Sutton, the Broncos' new 2018 draft pick wide receiver. And he was a really nice guy, signed a card for me, signed a hat, and took a few pictures with me. So that was a cool experience. And then the Gronkowski brothers, Glenn and Chris, they were probably two of the nicest guys that I met at the convention. They uh, they were talking to everybody and signing autographs and taking pictures and I just got to meet them. They were randomly just walking around the convention, up and down the aisle, shaking hands and everything. And so they were they were a lot of fun to get to talk to. Um, Kenyon Drake, Dolphins running back, former Alabama running back. He was a really nice nice guy. Uh, I hope to get to meet him again someday. Uh, you know, guys like him and a lot of the guys at the convention are the stories that we need to hear and the things we need to know about these players. You know, you see so much of the negativity in the news all the time, but the good that a lot of these players are doing, you don't um, get to hear that a lot. So we, we need to hear, hear more of that. Uh, also got to see Kareem Hunt. He was doing an interview with Matthew Berry and that was really cool to uh, get to see him. I actually had to be in the herd of people following him around to be able to get to see him, but it was well worth it. Well worth it for for sure. You know, it it uh, it felt like a, a childhood dream getting to see some of these guys. You know, and it was just so cool to see. People follow him around like rock stars and or a movie star, and it just almost made me feel like I wasn't at a convention, that I was somewhere totally different. Um, and so just a, a, a neat experience all the way around um, on Saturday. Then on Sunday, day two of the convention, I uh, got to meet, Bryce Petty, the former Jets quarterback, um, he was a really nice guy. Uh, he even teased me about, I walked up to the booth and with my 49er gear on, and he asked me, was I a Rams fan? And it kind of threw me off. Um, and so it was cool to see, you know, just some of the guys like that joking around and, and having a good time with the with the fans, you know, that really means a lot. And uh, Chiefs running back, Chark Kendrick West, was doing the same thing. Uh, I couldn't tell who was having more fun, me or him. And, uh, you know, just a simple gesture such as, I, you know, I always try to make it a point to tell the guys thanks uh, for coming and signing stuff for me or taking a photo. And, it was cool to hear him say the same thing back to me that he was glad that 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 I came and uh, you know took the opportunity with with him and so there again just more positive that uh, we need to hear for these guys and that they're not not all out to uh, 
you know, be bad or do bad things on or off the field, that they are uh, really humble, nice guys for a lot of them. Um, Matthew Berry for ESPN was really cool. He uh, signed a card for me, and I was able to get a picture, and he uh, signed his book that I have of his, and so that was really cool to get to talk to him. I saw Melvin Gordon, the Chargers running back. Uh, that was a pretty crazy following of people with him, uh, but got lucky enough to get a get a picture made with him. Um, and then the older players that were there, I was able to see Vince Papelli, the former Eagles receiver, and he just seemed to be eating it up and taking every advantage to talk to all the fans and take pictures and tell stories and can't say enough good things uh, uh, about him. Um, but overall the convention was a, I felt like a huge success and the time it took me to get there and the, the thoughts I had about what it was going to be were exceeded, uh, times a thousand and, if I ever get the chance to go again, I really, I really hope to. And, uh, you know, just can't say enough about it. So if you get the chance, you need to try to check it out. Uh, it'll be an experience that you, uh, you won't ever forget. Um, thank you. So, even though the National Fantasy Football Convention is not just about getting autographs, I mean, there you go. He got 35 of them. So it's just one of the reasons that I suggest you should go next year. If you're into football, if you're into fantasy football for sure, then definitely I really think you should go. I had a great time. It was super cool. The accessibility to meeting players and podcasters and such and just so many other things. Um, I was able to ask the question to the ballers and you know, what was their favorite football moment? And I didn't have it recorded, unfortunately, but basically they're all Arizona Cardinals fans. So they all told their own personal story about that. And it's just very cool, man. I, I really highly suggest that any listener of this show that can get there definitely goes next year. And if you want to share your favorite football moment with the football history dude, head on over to myfootballmoment.com where I give you different ways to be able to do so. Well, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Football History Dude and were able to get a feel for what it's like to go to the National Fantasy Football Convention. In the next episode, I'm going to stay with the theme during this time of year. I will be covering the history of fantasy football. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.